0: Let's rise on our feet <clears throat> He alone deserves all the glory and all the praise and all the adoration of ourselves. we can do nothing. But through him who loves us, we are more than conquerors. We give you all the glory and all the praise for we'll open heavens over wofern this morning like never before. We thank you that in spite of our imperfections, a perfect sacrifice was offered on our behalf right on the cross of Calvary. Even though you know sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The reason for shortage is sin. All have sinned and come short sin had been taken away out of our lives. There's no reason for any lack anymore. And so now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, we release every soul, every person, male or female, younger, old under the sound of my voice, we release them into your abundance. We thank you that the wisdom to administer what you give to them is imparted along with it. They'll be prudent, they'll be effective, they'll be efficient, and they will remain stewards forever. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and the people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in his presence. If I had known that Pastor Banku mentioned anything, I would have given them to Kunle and to give to him after the service. But I looked for Kunle when I came in. I didn't find him, and I thought he. I told him that is just a down payment. I do not prosper because you give to me. I prosper because I give. It's a way of life. I can't change it. It's too late. I look for every opportunity to be a blessing. Because I do not deserve the least of God's mercies. I don't. Thank you, Pastor Bank and Pastor Sharon, for the opportunity to come to share. I've learned so much. It's one thing to carry same message from place to place, another thing to get to a place and ask God to speak to you. God is my witness. There's so many things He had done on the inside of me in the past three days that if I had not obeyed to be here, he wouldn't have done it. So, thank you for the opportunity to serve. Welcome to the grand finale of our three day, three teaching seminar titled No More Luck. I really want to thank God for those who, in spite of or despite the pressure of work, they made it at least one day. People like you, today came once. And first today is two. <laughs> a few others made it three days. Sometimes when you go to a place and you don't find all the people there, you think it's because of you. But it's because of them, the pressure. A financial pressure that warrants that they must go to work. God would deliver you from every form of captivity. Amen. That you would truly love what you do, and you would do what you love, Amen. and you would do it when you like. Amen. I earned my last salary in nineteen eighty-four, September twenty-four. From that they I've not earned salary from any organization or anyone, but I've not lacked anything either. And I'm slow because I'm overwhelmed by the magnitude of what God is going to do in your life so that you become a trophy for this message. And I pray with the simplicity of my heart, that you will not commonize what is being given to you is a day and a time that God set aside to once and for all fix your financial pressure. So those who could not make it in the past two days, take advantage of technology, lock yourself up, Listening to the past two nights, or two days, one night and a day, I stood here for three hours yesterday. uh, Pouring out how generations of lions can lack both young and old, and the corpse scattered. And that those lions are metaphors for you and I, our future generation. And I must stand in the gap and do things right now so that those coming after us will do the right things. Let me tell you one of the hindrances that the enemy plants in your way. When a time like this comes, and you purpose in your heart you're going to do something, it will cause an accident. Reminds me, Pastor, of a man who was challenged by God. A farmer stood before God and said, the convention is coming again. And the pastor has spoken, I want you to bless me, God, give me 10 cows and I will give you five. And Almighty God spoke to him, Liar, you won't even if I give you 20, because you have two now and you're not giving me one. Listen to me attentively. I'm not in a hurry this morning although I'm catching a flight. We need to fix this once and for all. So he told God, all right then, I'll give you one cow and you bless me thereafter. God said, deal. Overnight there was a windstorm that came into the barn and killed one of the cows. It was not sent by the devil, it was sent by God. And he took the phone the following day and said to, God, to the pastor, God's cow died last night. <laughs> I'm not trying to excite you, it's true story. I will ask you now for a moment, because you're students of the Bible, who gave more to Jesus between Mary, Magdalene, Gave a pound of oil, that's all. It was worth a pound. He broke it and poured it on the head of Jesus. And Jesus said that which he did, she did that there will be for a memorial that wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will be mentioned. Because she anointed me for my burial. That is, she prepared me for what I was to face. Who gave more between Mary Magdalene and combined effort of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea who gave a hundred pounds of the same thing. And what they gave was never mentioned as a memorial. The difference is clear. One gave while Jesus was alive. The other two gave when he died. Yes, it's not a memorial. You can read your Bible. And yet they gave 100 times what she gave. So timing is critical in the spirit. I pray you sense in your spirit you are at the right place at the right time today and regardless of all distractions and all accidents and all mishaps, that could have happened to you just to test this message, you have come to your Mount Moriah. Is that clear to you? So those who could not come or miss one session like Hamisha, you will answer to me when we finish this service while I'm in town and you are you disappeared. I thought you were in Nigeria with your husband. And then saw you this morning. Are you a Sunday morning only Christian? You came a long way. So what hindered you? Have I offended you? Well, whether you came for the past two days or not, you are here now. Amen. An Almighty God... By his grace will make you a partaker of the grace that is in this house and the grace that I carry. I didn't hear your amen. Yeah. Alright, I have two portions of scripture to read. The first is second chronicles chapter 31. I'll read from verse 2 to 10. 2 chronicles. 31, 2 to 10, this was immediately after Passover in Israel. Immediately after. The reason I'm leaving tonight is by tomorrow I'll be in London, Mrs. B joins me, and by Tuesday we're away our way to Israel. Every hotel is booked, but for the partnership we had there, difficult to get space. We couldn't even get a suite, no matter how much we wanted to pay. You consider a religion, they consider it a way of life. You know the Passover lamb. They are still observing the Passover. And they are better than you. If I ask you this morning before I read scriptures, which of the sons of Isaac, Esau or Jacob, Do you consider blessed? He said, Jacob. But when Jacob came to meet Esau, and he heard Esau was coming with how many men? 400 men. He began to bow and to bow and to bow and to bow because he was scared. And he gave all kinds of gifts ahead, sent it ahead of himself so that he could appease his brothers. And when Esau came, he said, what is the meaning of all this? He said to her peace, he said, take it back. I have enough. And Jacob also said, please take it from me. Because as I see your faces, like the face and the countenance of God. Take it from me. God has been gracious to me. I also have enough. If you read in the middle column, what you receive by grace is not enough. He said, I have all. That's the interpretation. But if Esau had enough and you lack... Something is fundamentally wrong. Let me establish another protocol. So that you and Pastor Sharon do not become guilty. Or you have a guilt and say, wait a minute. We did all we know. We prayed. We have fasted. We have taught them. We are not getting results as we expected. God can deliberately slow you down until they catch up with you. A system of Jehovah, if you have not been taught that, you better wake up this morning. For years, I knew where God was taking me, by the church, I have the privilege of pastoring, I was not caught up with it. And God slowed me down. And I'm saying, slow me down. As I was ready to go, you know, I'm not one of those preachers waiting for people to show up. I'm answering praying that they be scattered so I can be free. I'll stand say, may God scatter you in every direction in the name of Jesus. But God knew I wanted to be free from them because they were becoming a drain, slowing me down. Until God opened my eyes, may I show you that quickly. Zechariah chapter 12 before we read anything. So that you know that God can deliberately slow the leader down. To continue to pour himself into his people. So that together they can attain the full stature of Christ. And operate in the realm and over and above where there is no lack. Sir, all the years of David in the wilderness with those ragtag soldiers, 400 who became 600, who were in debt, who were distressed, and who were discontent, was not because of David, it was because of those people. God slowed David down to raise a team. that will become mighty men. Zechariah chapter 12. Is it okay to take my time today with you? Or I should just rush everything like your drive-through. Okay, then go with me to Zechariah chapter number twelve, and let's see what the word of the Lord says. In verse number one, it said, "The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel." Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens. Were you there when he did it? Lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone. So heavy that you can carry it. A heavy stone. For all peoples, all who will have it, heave it away, will surely be cut in pieces through all nation, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. So this is what I'm going to do with Judah and Jerusalem. I will make it a heavy stone and I will cause nations to come against it. They will fight against it, but they will not prevail. See what is happening in the world. The GDP of all the Arab nations put together is now up to the GDP of Israel alone. And now Israel had no oil, but just now located the largest concentration of gas. So they were richer before. What's going to happen now? That I'm going to make them so heavy that those who come against them will be hit in their head against a stone. In that day, says the Lord, I will strike every horse with confusion and his rider with madness. I will open my eyes on the house of Judah and will strike every horse of the peoples with blindness, everyone coming against Israel. And the governors of Judah shall sin their heart. The inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength and the Lord of hosts, their God. That will be your portion. Yeah. But listen, he said, In that day, when God is making Judah, house of praise, Israel, a people of peace, when He's making them a heavy stone that the whole nations of the earth can come against but cannot shake, in that day I will make the governors of Judah like a firepan in the wood pan, and like a ferry torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand and on the left. But Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in our own place, Jerusalem. 1948, that came to pass. But listen to this. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first. What will God do first? I can't hear you. You know, Judah is a southern tribe made up of two tribes, that's Judah and Benjamin. Am I right, Apostle? Okay. He said, I am going to save the tents of Judah first, a whole tribe, so that the capital city will not gain more honor than the whole tribe. Listen, I will save the tents of Judah first, so that the Of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. David was already a mighty warrior, a king, rich, resourceful. He said, But I'm going to leave you by, by the side and just push you away. I'm going to go ahead to save the tents of Judah first. My joy. Uh, I don't want to use the word my pride, but my joy in the days to come is that my sons will answer for me at the gate. Not because I'm mighty, but because they are mightier than I am. Are you getting it? In that day, the law will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David. And the house of David shall be like God. Like the angel of the Lord before them. God is not going to diminish David, but he's going to slow him down so as to save the tents of Judah. That the feeblest the among them will be like Jude, like David. David will be the standard. And when they attend that stature, say, David, thanks for waiting. For turning these ragtag soldiers, those in debt, those distressed, those discontent. For turning them into mighty men, now is the time to make you the king. And to to restore to you the kingdom of Saul. According to the word of the Lord. So, when you see all the shakings going on. And it appears, we pour ourselves out. We do our best. And we are not getting tangible results. Don't be discouraged. God is slowing down to save the tents of Judah. So that you become a yardstick and a standard. You know, I look forward to the, mo- the feeblest of them in latter to be richer than I am. Amen. I'm waiting for it. I told Mrs. B one day, I said, God is going to bless you so much that I'm willing to trade positions with you and become a house husband. <laughs> but this time I only deal with my grandchildren. You are so blessed... That I don't have to work. Do you understand that? It will be my pleasure. Let's, let's just change position a little. May the feeblest among you become mighty. In the name of Jesus. Pastor, be comforted in your heart. You didn't say a word to me, but I can pick the vibrations of your spirit. No pastor likes his people to be poor. Except his wicked. For he says, I will set men over you, shepherds after my heart. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding so that you will not be dismayed, you will not be afraid, and you will lack nothing. Can I hear a good amen? Yeah. Now, having said that, I need two, three hours of your time today. Is that okay? Yes. Let's fix this problem once and for all. Mm my son everlasting gospel to you the moment you feel I'm wasting your time just take the back door if I can get two people to become like David the job is done I'm not among those who confuse the crowd with the church are you ready now let's go to The book of Second Chronicles thirty one, beginning from verse two. If you don't believe it's after immediately after Passover, Pastor announced it was Passover exactly on Friday in Israel that the meeting is not an accident. We just fixed the date, but God knew what he was doing. In chapter thirty it says Ezekiah keeps Passover. There was a day that there was such a great joy in verse 26. Maybe we should go there. Because when I announce that there's open heaven over here this morning for some, it's just what preachers say. Because we're used to them. In chapter 30, verse 26. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to where his only dwelling place to heaven. It he broke through every ceiling of the temple, went directly to his presence in his throne room. So it was after this that the king grows up, in verse number two, and Ezekiel appointed the divisions of the priests and the Levites according to their divisions. Each man according to his service, the priests and Levites for burnt offerings and peace offerings to serve, to give thanks, and to praise in the gates of the camp of the Lord. The king also appointed a portion of his possessions for the burnt offerings, for the morning and evening burnt offerings. The burnt offerings for the sabers and the new moons and the set feasts, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Moreover, he commanded the people. Are you listening? When you are if you are here during the week, command them that are rich. Becomes a New Testament principle. He came from Old Testament. He commanded the people who dwell in Jerusalem to contribute what? Support. Please give it to me in King James Version, that verse alone KJV thank you. moreover he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the leave that they might be encouraged because they can get weary. as a matter of fact in the days of Nehemiah they went back to their fields they abandoned the assignment. That they might be encouraged. That's the purpose of the support. That they might be encouraged. And do what? That they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in how? How did they bring in what they were bringing? They brought in abundance the first fruits of grain, and wine, oil, and honey, and of all the people of the field. And they brought in what? Abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep. Also the tithe of holy things which were consecrated to the Lord your God. They laid how? In heaps. In the Third month. They began laying them in heaps and they finished in the seventh month. Do you know how long they gave for continually? That's four months. So they gave from June. That's the third month. April being the first month in the ecclesiastical calendar. May in the second month. June being the third month. They gave from June to October. And heaps were piled up. So the king came in to see. Verse eight, and when Ezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Ezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left for the Lord has blessed his people. And what is left is this great abundance. That is, abundance is after you have eaten and you cannot eat anymore. Do you understand me? Abundance is not I have 10 million dollars in in the bank. It means nothing because a responsibility of 20 million dollars can crop up tomorrow. Abundance is we have eaten, we are satisfied, and this is what is left. Are you getting me? We have eaten, we are satisfied, what is left is this great abundance. And the king said to them, stir it up. Then our Ezekiah commanded them to prepare rooms in the house of the Lord and they prepared them. We can stop there. Many of us have only one store, a basket. So the Lord says, I will bless your basket. And then when you are faithful with basket, he said, I will bless your storehouse. And then what fear will take place. They will come against you one way, they will flee back. Because before you cross from storehouse to storehouses, before the blessing of the Lord be commanded upon you in your storehouses, you will be tested. Until you pass the test of stewardship, you're crossing nowhere. If you were here yesterday for almost three hours, I was showing the tension between ownership and stewardship. After all, it's your money you labored for it. Who supplied the strength? Who got you the job? He would test you before he would trust you. I'm here this morning to command, not to apologetically try to encourage you. I carry command, and God is my witness. I didn't know my friend would do anything, and I thank God. Uh, okay, I'll swallow the rest. Because if he's overwhelmed by this, I wonder what's going to happen when the, result, the, the, the balance will come. We don't do that to show off. We plug into what God is doing because it will increase us more and more. We trust him for his word. We are not playing to the gallery. Okay. He commanded them and they began to bring it was after they started bringing that the Lord blesses his people. Not before. So I'm here to command you. How many people are vulnerable to such command? Now, you know I'm not going to command you and say, who wants to give $10,000? I don't play such gimmicks. You can look for those who play such roles. I'm not interested. But I'm here to command you to say, rise up, step up, and do what you have not done before. So that God can do what you cannot do for you. It's very simple. Now let's go into the New Testament and see a clear example of how there was no luck in the early church. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 4, verse 32 to 37. Acts 4:32 to 37. Now the multitude of those who believed were what? Of one heart and one soul. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Do you understand me? If you are not of one accord, you cannot even accomplish the great task given to you by God. You must come to a place of such agreement that you are on the same page. When we started planning for building the Citadel. Our budget was 3 billion. The design was Naira, not dollars. Now, I will tell you the Naira value. It was 3 billion Naira and we were set. By the time we waited and got approval and they did estimate, it has risen to 9.2 billion because of fluctuation in foreign exchange and everywhere, and I could see panic in the face of the people, it didn't move me one inch. We gave out the tender, Julius Badger, Dory, an, an Israeli company, and Kapanda Batu were the three shortlisted out of seven. Because we don't want to do patch-patch, join-join, Uh, hold my leg I'm on top of a bamboo Uh, you understand me no we want it professionally done and I do not want any distraction from other assignments that I have that I can continue doing what I'm doing and once they are paid off then we can just it's a chunky project moving that's why pastor will have to come to Nigeria for groundbreaking this month are you with me it came to time to negotiate, and they're saying this, that I said, listen, the book ends here. This is the deal. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't want, leave it. For the civil, it was 6.2 billion, not the M&E inclusive, but civil alone, and it was Capandabato. I said, Kapa I'll pay you 50% upfront. And then after one year, I'll pay the rest. Deal? They said, deal. I said, check is ready. So I told the church, this is the total, and this has been paid, and this is what is left, and in one year, I'll pay the rest. I wake up, because I'm not asking you for an offering. (laughs) Hello? Hello? I'm not showing off. I'm telling you what happened. How many of you wants to operate in that class? That's why I came here to command you. That forever, oh Lord, money will never frighten you again. No matter the figure. The total bill came to $50 million, that's all. So don't be afraid. Just give me five out of that. And come to my level. Okay, now, I think I shot somebody. You know why? Because I know some things, and I want to share them with you. I know what works by his grace, and it took me from a place of luck so that I cannot boast that it is my education or it is my connection. None of those things work with him. I remember when he was taking me through this mill. Grand my nose as it were on the floor, more or less. And I said, God, help! He said, you are too full. I can only feel an empty sack. I remember like yesterday. So that when I feel you, the whole world will know. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Pass bank, banks approached me. We understand you are building. We like to loan you money. As I have no collateral, I said that's fine, as long as it's you. So got their money and put it somewhere as something that I may need. If I don't need it, it's there because until I draw it down, there's no interest. So secured it both ways, but I know in one year. Or less than that, I know what I'm worth and capable of producing. Except I do not set goals and then there will be no objective to accomplish them. See, my life is a mine because the Holy Spirit is in me. When he planted a river in the garden of Eden, the river began to flow. He revealed the gold that was in the garden. But the river is now planted in me. So he will show me where my gold is if I learn the principles to follow him. By means of strength and no man prevail. Do you understand what I'm saying? Acts of the Apostle, let's see what brought about tremendous uh, provision that there was no lack in the church. Verse 32, now the multitude of those who believe were one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Can you see what we are doing to ourselves? The havoc we are doing when we allow division, when we allow all kinds of contention within the church, it will hinder the flow of apostolic grace and apostolic power, forget about provision. With great grace... With great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did they need great power to do that? Because the chief priest and the religious order had bribed soldiers to say that his body was stolen. And this was believed. So you need a great power to countermand that. And let them know that this same Jesus is the one who is healing this man. A notable miracle that cannot be denied. When great power comes upon the church and great grace is upon them, you see the hearts of people melt and they begin to do the unusual. It is almost abominable to sell land in Israel. Remember Naboth? How can I sell my father's inheritance? Because we don't own land, we hold it in trust for the next generation. But when great power came upon the church, And great grace was clearly evident. See what happened. Verse number 34. Now, was there anyone among them who lacked? If it happened before, can it happen again? The Bible does not say the apostles had no lack. Is the entire church? The apostles are in leadership position. Do you understand me? None of them lacked fan, tell me the truth. Is that true here this morning? Huh? So we are operating below the standard of the early church. Oh, we have superstars in the church. Who had all their yards and had their jets and had their mansions. And I don't envy them. But what I want to see is open your own mansions for you first then build mine. Or was there any among them who lacked? For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. May I have a witness in the house today that once upon a time in the issue of work fund, you sold your land, you sold your house, and you brought the proceeds and said, Pastor, this is for the work of ministry. Anybody, can I see your hand? But I did. And I mentioned it, facts and figures. I mentioned names too. We were to have a crusade in Ghana. Kumasi, to be precise, in 1985, and there was no fund. I was a redeemed Christian church of God. I sold my first house in the UK and the profit I made, I showed my pastor and said, this is for that crusade. Later began, I sold my factory. You were there. I sold my Santana GS car. And gave to the ministry. So, what have you sold? I'm talking about following scripture. Okay, put your hand there. Let's go to the master himself. What did he say? Mark chapter 10. You know the reason I don't go about teaching these truths anymore? It's because there's so much greed and covetousness in the hearts of leaders. And many of them are not pastors, they are butchers. They just want to skin the church and live big at the expense of the ignorant. And I won't be used. But When I see a good soil where people's hearts are right and open, I will spend and be spent to be there to keep such people as part of this grand army that will carry the battle to the gates of the enemy and be in the forefront of the last mass evangelical campaign that will usher in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Are you in Mark chapter 10? After the rich young ruler had messed up and couldn't follow Jesus because money had him, in verse 29, 28, then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, I sure I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the Gospels. We shall now receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. Where would the persecution come from? From those who don't know how you live. Within the church, only God knows how they are making their money. Let us be suspicious of these people. The persecution comes from within. But others are willing to leave their houses or sell their houses and sell their lands for the sake of the gospel. But you are clinging onto your own. Go by with me. To verse 34 of Acts of the Apostles chapter 4. Now was there any among them who lie for all who were possessors? All can I command you this money? Will you respond to this command? All for all who heard, who were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the process of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, but the apostles, which is translated what? Son of encouragement. What is it that happened in the days of Ezekiah? They gave to encourage. Now you are seeing personification. Encouragement personified. Son of encouragement. A Levite of the country of Cyprus. Heaven land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Were they compelled to do it? Were they manipulated to do it? Did they do it willingly? They sold it. And brought the process and said, this is for the work of God. So this morning, let me begin to now teach and preach on the subject, sons and daughters of encouragement. Sons and daughters of encouragement The kingdom channels of blessing. It's only sons and daughters of encouragement that are the kingdom channels of blessing. When I was in school, I read a little bit, not as much as you did, because I didn't come to America to study, my children did. I went to the backside of all kinds of schools. (laughs) One of my favorite subjects was history. History. In those days, because I'd spent quality time in Quranic school, I could cram a whole book. And if you are a student of history in my days, I can tell you the name of the book even right now. The author is Ojelabi. I will tell you the page and I'll start telling you. History has been an est- I mean, slavery had been an established social practice in West Africa long before the advent of Europeans. What gave rise to slavery had its roots in the procreation of cheap labor to do arable farming in West Africa. I know we are the comma East, I know we are the full stop East. It was so bad. That I scored an A in history, and there was a gang up that I must have cheated. And I remember the teacher, Mr. Shinola Shoinka, said, No, he, he understands. And they said, No, I must retain this, the, the particular paper. And this particular day, I came in, they searched me, I went into the school hall alone for this history class. By the time I finished, we had the teacher put comma, I put. We had a put full stop, I put. We had the data, I put. Now, I scored A A -A before, now they gave me, they don't know what to do. I understood history and I love it. I did my A-levels pastor in nine months. And one of the key subjects I did was European history. Because I learned very early in life that those who don't learn from history, they will repeat the blunders of history until they too become history. You would think I'm trying to show off about my ability to retain information. No. Interestingly, a very large segment of the Bible is essentially history. When I left school, I turned attention to biographies and autobiographies. Biographies of great men. By 1972, I'd completed the Odyssey of Namdi Azikiwe. I've read all the autobiography of Obafemi Awolawa in secondary school. Do you understand me? By the time I got further in my education, things like uh, Southwestern Western Churchill, where he was, what he stood, what he said, they are only me. Because if you are going to um, succeed in life, you need to know how others succeeded. So I spent quality time in biographies and autobiographies to know how these people got to where they are. It's no magic. Electricity operates the same way in Africa as it is in America. If there's a supply of current, you just turn on the light. It's corruption that is hindering electricity in Africa, that's all. Do you know almost one third or half of your Bible that you carry about is biographies. Autobiographies. The ones written by prophets by themselves are auto. What is written by others on their behalf is called biography. Do you know what the book of Acts is all about? Luke the doctor said, the former treatise have I written unto you, almost no both. It was written to one man. In order that you may know, oh, most noble Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach, may we put the car before the horse? We teach and we don't do. Thank God for that quotation from John Maxwell. We teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. Are you with me? So I took special interest in the bibliographic sessions of the Bible. To see how men of might and means. How they got it. Because God is no respecter of persons. He's a respecter of principle. So when I sit with the word, I'm looking for the how to. Why did this happen? I, I question every line until I have clarity and understanding. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So you have books like Chronicles. Detailing the accomplishments of people. You have historical perspectives like Samuel. Detailing what happened to a perverted priesthood. How God raised another one to now raise kings in Israel. You look into genealogies. And you begin to wonder, why is it like this? Let me make it short, because it's 12 noon now, and I want you to leave here before 3 p.m. Is that okay? Yes. So I will rest for three, three hours and go to the plane. But you would have been raised by the time I go. And let me tell you, the day is coming when I get back here and said, work fun is payday time. Remember when I taught you these principles, I didn't charge anything. Now, go home and meet me on Sunday. I need an offering from you for me. I trust God, that by that time, you will write a million dollar check. You are writing a thousand dollar check. In the name of Jesus Christ. one noticeable fact when you read the biographies, the roll calls if you like, like the David's mighty men, you are sure they are beginning that they were ragtag soldiers, those in debt, those distressed, those discontent. And you will see that if anybody has Davidic anointing, the first set of people to be attracted to him are not the halves, they are usually the have nots. And when the grace of God upon His life will impact them, He could lose the entire nation. But the Pelitas and the Caritas will never leave Him alone because they knew we are the God their transformation from. When you read such, it begins to show you. When you clearly, clearly, carefully study biographies, you see that the world is divided into two broad categories. Are you ready? you have stakeholders, and you have spectators. Pastor Bank, a simple test, because uh, you live here, and, uh, you, and there are others who also live here. The reason I go to Pastor Bank is I don't want to offend you. I would rather use Pastor Bank and ask Pastor Sharon questions, annoy you, so that because uh, some of you are so sensitive that anything said about you is trouble. Pastor Bank, even, there is a match today of not American football, soccer. If there is a match today between two teams, how many people are playing? 22. 22. Did they pay any dime to come in there? No, they are being paid. They are being paid. Who is paying them? The spectators. The spectators. The spectators. How many spectators watch them play? My mother taught me when I was small. You know what she said? Only the entire working <laughs> The ones that are others are going to be spectating. To be, you don't look at others because they are going to look at you tomorrow. You are a stakeholder, not a spectator. I'm going somewhere. I'm taking my time to lay these things bare because you have in this room today Stakeholders and you have spectators. You have them in every family. You have them in every church. Uh, Do you understand? They dress up to come on Sunday to spectate. The commentator is on the thing. I don't know the new footballers. I only know Oppone and Babali, and and, and, and you I don't know the current ones, so my commentary will not be good. Oppone passed to Babali, Babali passed to Tanda Balogo, Tanda Balogo. They will not mention one spectator throughout. <laughs> Ask your neighbour: Are you a spectator? Are you a stakeholder? It's the same thing Jesus Christ was trying to illustrate when he gave the parable of the talents. He divided the group into two, profitable and unprofitable servants. You are either. You can be both. And guess what? It's not how much money you have that makes you profitable or unprofitable. It's your mental attitude, your disposition, and what you do with what you have. Because everyone was given according to his ability. I like the book of Philemon, especially in NIV. I don't have time to go there. You can at your leisure. You see two categories there also. Useful and useless. Let's begin from the beginning, i give examples here because it will now help me to show you how needs were met in the church in the wilderness, in the kingdom of Israel, in the church of the living God present. i give you three examples from both categories to see how needs are met and how there was no more luck. I deserve the best of the last because I know majority of the people will not be there when we're tying the, tying the boats and knots. They like to just jump into a car and drive. So if anything happens to it, you, you have to call. What do you call? AA. Huh? I know it has some A. I don't know whether it's two or three, because my car's never broken down. If some of you don't drive your cars. Your drives. Your cars drive you. Okay, let's go to genealogy. Talking of history, let's go from the beginning. The genealogy of the first man on the face of the earth and there you will find the record of stakeholders and spectators genesis chapter 5 beginning from verse number one genesis chapter 5 beginning from verse number one this is a book of the genealogy of adam hello it can't be, can be clearer than this. This is the beginning. The whole human race was in one man. And we are about to read his genealogy. Are you ready? Yes. This is the genealogy of Adam. In, that, in, the, in the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. And did what? Blessed Bless them. And called them? Mankind, King James says, and called both of them Adam. When you begin to have compound names, it's because the man's name is not good enough. Or maybe you don't want anybody to forget your dad's name. Okay. Or maybe because this is the second marriage going to the third one. (laughs) He called both of them Adam. Called them mankind. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness. After his image and name, name Seth. After I, begot Seth, the days of Adam were eight hundred years, and he had what sons and daughters. So all the days of Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. First question: How many sons of Adam did you know? Whose names were given us? There was. Cain, and there was Abel. But neither made it to the genealogy. Why? Because in chapter 4, Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. So he has no record in heaven. And Abel had been taken to heaven, so he's no longer part of the record on earth. It's in Hebrews 11, you'll find him as the first man of faith there. So now, he lived 130 years, and he had a son by the name of? Seth. And after that he had many sons and daughters. What are their names? Jetsums and flotsam. Spectators. If I go into uh, obituaries in Nigeria, I don't know how you do yours here. When a prominent man dies, you hear and he survived by many sons and daughters. Among them are, those are the spectators. The rest are, I mean, those are the stakeholders. The rest are spectators. Abraham had a son by the name of Seth and Abraham had many sons and daughters. I beg your pardon. Adam had many sons and daughters. Well, I can use Abraham also because he's the the head of the new race. God called him out from his father's house. How many sons had Abraham? You said two? You know of Ishmael, and then you know of Isaac. How about the six sons of Keturah? Their names are listed, including Midian, from where Balaam came from. There were six sons. And there are also sons of concubines. Are you with me? Yes. How many of them is called begotten son? One. Isaac. Hebrews eleven seventeen. 17. How about the others? They are not begotten. Let's leave Adam. Let's leave Abraham. Let us come to Jacob. From where you get there's 12 tribes and the sons of Jacob who constituted the tribes later. Give me Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, beginning from verse number 1. Now, work fund, I don't care what you do, fix this one before we come again. You understand me? Because this is where I'm supposed to face and not to be turning back here. It must be well and there can be one hair standing by my side we do that in latin that's africa we must not you have to upgrade do you understand me in africa there's one by my side there's a television you have to put it here i can't be turning here like a barber's chair don't want to break my neck because i'm preaching somebody shout upgrade Upgrade. Oh, great! Remember, many years ago in 1992, Pastor Bank, I brought the man. What's his name now? Uh, the pastor of uh, uh, London Alive Church, that faith church. Pastor, name's his pastor. You forgotten his name? He came to Nigeria for the first time, and he entered our Bible College hall and. He was asking the students to write down what was writing on the board. And I whisper, you don't need to. He said, I don't need to. I'm asking them to write it down. I said, you don't need to. Write it on the board. And when you finish, push that button. The photocopy for everyone will come out. Somebody say technology. That was 1992. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Warfan, upgrade, upgrade. Yeah. Upgrade. Or if you are not careful, will come from Africa to colonize you. Genesis thirty-seven. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. Verse two. This is the history or genealogy of Jacob. What is it? joseph been 17 years that's the man going places that's the dreamer going to make things happen the reason god raised jacob was joseph god was going to show the whole world that he had the stuff to sustain the economy of the planet and if we're going to raise one dreamer all the countries of the world will have to come to jacob to, to, to Egypt to buy corn, and Joseph will be the one in charge. Even Pharaoh himself will say, I'm only greater than you in matters of the throne. And Joseph will say, I am father of Pharaoh and ruler over all Egypt. Amen. Do you understand? This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a body pot of them to his father. What distinguished Joseph from the rest? The children of Jacob can be divided into three categories. The sons of Labor. Those are the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah because their mothers were slaves. And then the sons of competition. Those are the sons of, of Leah. But when Rachel gave birth to Joseph, do you know why she called his name Joseph? He said, my life is more than this. God will add yet another. Are you content with where you are, your comfort zone? We live in America, there's automation, and we we don't like it go slow in Africa. Who is going slow. If you have your your... You don't have to go slow. You just have to need your security in front of you, clearing the road and coming behind you, protecting you. Your water does not fail because you have your borehole. Your electricity does not blink because you have your generator day and night. You can create your own environment. (laughs) By the time you dig into it, he brought evil reports of his brother. If he did, he was not participating. And they hated him, they envied him, but he didn't change anything. And when they sold him, they only catapulted him into power. You know why? God's dream never dies. Let's leave Jacob alone. I want to establish this so that, Pastor, you do not spend quality time with spectators. You raise the standard, and as a result, you know those who are stakeholders. You don't pour your life into spectators because that's their nature. They need to pay to watch celebrities perform. That's their job. They fill up their stadium, but you never hear their name mentioned when the commentator is, is, is saluting those who are playing the game of life. But they contribute to make footballers rich. I arrived Lagos in 1973. God is my witness. I only attended or went to that stadium to watch only one time in my life. Because my mother said to me, I'm not a spectator. Hmm. Let's leave Jacob alone. I mean, let's come to David. How many children had Jesse? Thank you, sir. Pastor is in the house. I'm, I'm comfortable. First Samuel, chapter 17. Let's check the genealogy of Jesse. A man who had eight sons. Listen to the Bible. If you, are, if you don't have a mindset of reading biographies, you better wake up today because those who succeed have the same pattern you are going to see. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 12. Now, read this with me. I want to see whether you really, really speak good English. Ready? Read. Now, David was the son of that Evraptite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. What are you reading? Now, David was the son, although the man has eight sons. But his son was David. Now, David was the son, not a son. I'm going to show you the difference between a son and this son. God did not give a son to the world. He gave his only begotten son. Now David was the son of that Ephraite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had his sons. And the man was old, advancing years in the days of Saul. Uh, we were given the names of other children. Let's go further. Go. The three older sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. Next verse. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed So, Okay. So, why was he this son when they were already in the army? Now, let me show you that once upon a time, David the son was a son. For Samuel chapter 16, verse 18 to 21, it was once upon a time, son, you can distinguish yourself, my brothers and sisters. My father had 22 children. How many of them have you met? I'm the son. I'm not lying. That's not bragging. I'm the son. I'm the last one, and I'm the son. My brother had that over radio. He said, You are not lying. It's the truth. There's a difference between Oloriabi and Oluomo. Abi is the head of the family. Oluomo is a stakeholder. So whenever there's going to be a meeting, the Oloriabi will call the meeting, but will take the date from the Oluomo. Uh-huh, that's it. Because he's a stakeholder. You know why? Because everything they will eat in the meeting and where they will do the meeting is in his pocket. May God make you a choice person in the name of Jesus Christ. It was once upon a time a son. First Samuel 16, 18 to 21. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen who? A son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Let's read further. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. All this time was just a son. All right? And Jesse took what? I can't hear you. Loaded with? And what? And what? Why? Send them? Why? Why did Jesse, the Holy Spirit, Pastor Bank, guided Jesse to pick everything that the Trinity carried when they met Saul before he missed his appointment and miscalculated They were carrying three kids of goats, three loaves of bread, and a jar of wine. To jog his memory that something is wrong with you, he sent another person out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I pray that our labor this weekend will not be in vain in your life. That you will come alive and distinguish yourself. In the mighty name of Jesus. He was a son. How did he become this son? The day he came back with the head of Goliath in his hand. 1 Samuel 17, verse 54. 1 Samuel 17, 54 to 58. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? Whoa, more. He was anonymous. Do you understand me? There will be a time of anonymity in your life where nobody knows you or recognizes you. But the day will come when you distinguish yourself by the grace of God and the power of his spirit. Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. His name was not in the book of who is who anywhere. But when he brought the head of Goliath back, listen to this. See how he became this son. So the king said, Inquire. Whose son this young man is? They asked everywhere. Nobody said anything. Not even his three brothers. You remember what he said to him? I know the naughtiness of your heart. I, I know you have come to spite to, the to, 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 Is there not a course? Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Listen to this. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? Hear from the horse's mouth. I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I have some brothers here, they are sons too, but I am the son. You're hearing from the horse's mouth. In the name of Jesus, this day will distinguish you from the park. This day will distinguish you from the crowd. The anointing of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The grace of God will catapult you into power. In the name of Jesus, you will make a difference. Can you take more? Okay. Now, here is a litmus paper test that separates acid from alkaline. Oh, you know that, madam. You know that. Alkaline, acid, litmus paper. So, if I put litmus paper in acid, what color do I bring out? Red. If I put it in alkaline, what do I bring? Blue. Is it not the same litmus paper? But the, 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 the liquids are different. How do you know the crowd, the spectators from the church and from the stakeholders? How do you know? One clear example, you will find out now. You will write a test immediately and you will find out how to distinguish others from the park. In Numbers 13, it was time to go and spy the promised land. How many people were sent? I can't hear you. What was their profile? Everyone a leader in his tribe there was no leader better than other leader. Every leader has the same status. How many people brought good report? How many people brought evil report? What is the name or what are the names of the two that brought good report? Joshua and and what are the names of those who brought evil report? But it's written there. Samuel, Simeon, their names are written, but nobody knows. Nobody reckons with a failure. Yeah. <laughs> Who is going to make you chairman of, of, of the, the what are your parties here? The Democrat? Yeah. Republicans. Republicans? And what's the name of the other one? Democrats. <laughs> Democrats. Who is going to make you chairman of Democrats when you don't have a dime in your pocket? Their names are written. Shamwa, Simeon. I can tell you, but nobody remembers a failure. Which one are you? A spectator or a stakeholder? I'll give you one more illustration then I can get into the message. Look at this building. Just look at this building. This one we are in.